It's that time of the week again to talk BYU football with BYU team captain Connor Pay. What does he make of the Oklahoma loss despite a better effort from BYU? And what does he make of the regular season finale as the Cougars head to Oklahoma State? We'll even fit in some talk about Thanksgiving as well. It's all ahead on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU. And today's show is brought to you by our title sponsor over in Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use the promo code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100, all courtesy of Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy sports. Made easy. All right, let's bring in uh, BYU team captain Connor Pay now for his weekly conversation here on the podcast. Uh, Connor, thank you as always for taking the time. How are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's start here. Uh, a pretty hard-fought loss in that game against Oklahoma. Uh, it felt like at times you guys were like on the cusp of uh, going ahead, and it felt like if, if you guys ever did take a lead in that game, you guys very well may not have relinquished it. Give me your overall sense of how you feel you and your teammates performed against the Sooners. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of the way we fought. Um, and, you know, we faced – we faced some adversity in that game and, uh, you know, for the most part, we responded well to it and got ourselves back in the game each time. And, uh, you know, from an offensive perspective, I think, you know, I, I mentioned this, you know, during some media stuff that I did earlier, but, um, you know, that was the first time really this season that, our offense has been run or felt like it was running the way it was supposed to run uh, all year long. And, you know, that was a good feeling to kind of get that back. But, you know, at the end of the day, a couple too many mistakes that ended up costing us the game. What made, I guess I'll ask you this, from your perspective, what caused the offense to get in gear finally? Did you guys do something different in practice? What was it? No, we really didn't. I think, uh, you know, it was more each guy doing their job and executing properly. And, you know, I keep, I feel like we've talked about this a bunch over the course of the season, but it's just the truth. It's the reality of what it is. You know, the, we were, we were be one or two guys away mm-hmm. on every play all season long from our offense looking like that. Um, and, you know, it's, when all 11 guys do their job on a play, you're going to execute pretty well. And as you when you string those plays together, then your offense really gets moving and uh, gets some momentum, can move the ball down the field. And so really it was just consistency of all 11 guys doing what they were supposed to do, play in and play out. What did you make of Aiden Robbins and his performance? Is that what you've been expecting from him all season long? Absolutely. I mean, that's what we all knew he could be. That's all – that's uh, what we all knew he was, you know, and, and that's how he was in training camp um, before his injury. 
And then, you know, trying to battle through those first games, like you knew that he wasn't quite himself. Um, and now back fully healthy, um, along with the offense doing our part to get him the, the looks and the lanes that he needs. And, you know, and then him running through a few people, you know, which is what he loves to do and what he's great at. You know, it was I'm really proud of Aiden and the way he played. And that's that's exactly I expected nothing less from him. You know, and I'm glad we could do a better job this week of helping him out. All right, we got to ask the topic du jour, though. The ill-fated pick six. Uh, what happened? Uh, what went wrong, in your opinion? It's just a tough read. You know, it's, I mean, almost, you know, there's tons of plays, you know, across college football and especially in our offense that have some type of RPO or fail-safe thing attached to it just in case the look isn't what you want. Um, or if they're just giving you something that's that's wide open. Um, and, you know, Jake would be the first one to tell you that he never should have thrown that ball. Um, and, you know, it was, just a, it was just a misread of what was going on in the defense. And, you know, and that's, that's, that's hard. That was a hard one. You know, that was a hard one to – to come back from, but I am, you know, I am proud of the way the offense responded to that and came back on the next drive and scored to tie up the game uh, to give ourselves a chance. So, well, and that's the, that's the thing. I'm going to echo kind of what Aaron Roderick said in media availability this week. He said that exact thing. He said, the one thing I really liked about that play that people failed to note is that Jake chased that guy over 100 yards downfield trying to make a tackle. And then, as you mentioned, Connor, he goes back out there, drives you guys right down the field and punches in a touchdown and gets you guys, as you said, tie that game up. Uh, I think A-Rod used the term, it was a character-defining moment in his opinion. And uh, I think that you and your teammates probably can respect the fact that the quarterback tried to make good on a pretty big mistake yeah no that's for sure because i mean if i wasn't going the other direction i would try to chase him too you know <laughs> but um, probably get outrun very quickly but you know i mean if i would have thrown the pick i would have tried to chase him down too you know that's a you guys there's there's a couple different scenarios where you get like a massive juice or surge of energy it's when you do something really good or you do something really bad on the field and you try to fix it you know, you kind of just you kick it into a different gear, and that's what you saw with Jake when he, you know, was running as hard as he could trying to catch that guy. Um, but you know, and I was like, I, I was, you know, hoping that he would catch him, you know, because I had just come out of the back of the end zone. We had I had a combo block, and we had driven him into the end zone. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, we just blew these guys off the ball. This is an easy touchdown. And then I turn around, and there's someone running the opposite direction with the football. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And and so and I see Jake chasing him, and they kind of got far enough away to where I couldn't really see anything. So I was just looking up at the jumbotron on the far end, yeah, seeing Jake close on him, close on him, close on, him, not quite get there. So yeah, no, that was a tough play, but I'm, I'm I mean, I'm proud of the Jake way Jake responded, you know, to that moment because that's that's what it's all about. You know, is it's you know you're gonna make mistakes, you're gonna screw things up, and obviously that was that was a big one. And but how you respond to those moments really kind of defines who you are as a player. So I'm proud of him for the way he responded to that. 
All right, I want to ask you actually ask you another question about Jake. We'll get to that here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, do need to get a word in on our friends over at Prize Picks. Now, we've been talking about Prize Picks for quite a while now. And the best part about Prize Picks is they are Daily Fantasy Sports, the largest uh, Daily Fantasy Sports platform in North America. They are the easiest, most exciting way to play Daily Fantasy Sports. And it's simply put, it's just you versus the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more or less on uh, more or less on stat projections for two to six players and watch the winning roll in. You win up to 25 times the amount that you bet any a single game that you play with our friends over at Prize Picks. And the best part is you can do it with football and also with basketball underway. You can do that or you can combine the two. The best part is you can go online to the uh, go online and have fun with this. They also offer a reboot policy that if your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second half, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy, daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy and the best part is you can play along a number of luminaries and uh, social media uh, stars guys like uh, Meek Mill, comedian Andrew Schultz you can now find community plays under the promos tab each week to find what they're picking and go head to head with them as well so have some fun my friends and get on it with our friends over at Prize Picks. go online to prizepicks.com slash locked on college right now use the promo code locked on college for a first deposit match of up to $100 you heard that right prizepicks.com slash Locked On College is the website. Use the promo code Locked On College for a first deposit match up to $100 and get on it today with our friends at Prize Picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day, my friends. Hope you're having a fantastic Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. A number of you probably out and about, as they say, uh, going to, going to over the hill and through the woods to grandmother's house you go. But nonetheless, uh, continuing to talk here uh, with Connor Pay. Now, uh, Connor, I, I wanted to ask you, in terms of Jake Retzloff as a quarterback, now you've had the opportunity this season to snap to two different quarterbacks. So I'm going to ask you a similar question for both he and Keaton Slovis. But uh, I guess uh, I, I can probably combo this. What is the biggest difference between the two and the biggest similarity between the two? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I think I think the biggest difference between the two is probably just the legs. Okay. You know, I think uh, Jake Jake's kind of instinct is to run mm-hmm. and to kind of run around, try to extend plays or, you know, leave the pocket which isn't exactly my favorite thing all the time because I don't exactly know where he's at ever. Um, But, you know, where Keaton is more of a traditional pocket passer, wants to go through his reads and, you know, then extend the play at the very end if he has to, Um, where I think Jake is a lot more quick to to bolt. Um, So I think that might be uh, the biggest difference, the biggest similarity between the two. Hmm, that's a good question. I don't know if I've ever thought about it this way. <laughs> um, I would say, I mean, we talked about kind of Keaton's poise mm-hmm. a lot throughout the year. Jake has a lot of that too, where he's, you know, he, he's emotional, but he's also pretty level-headed. Okay. Like, you know, to come back out from after throwing a, a big pick six like that and be like, okay, here we go. Let's roll. We're going to run our offense and roll right down the field. That was very Keaton esque mm-hmm. of, of him and in, in the way he he kind of commanded the huddle. So I would say that was, you know, a similarity between the two of them. Okay, I'm not I'm not asking you to tip your hand when I ask this question, but when during the week do you as an offense find out who is going to be starting for you guys at quarterback typically? 
Honestly, probably not till Thursday or Friday. Okay. It's, I mean, I mean, in, outside of like injury situations where it's like, okay, we obviously know this person isn't playing, but if it's like, if it's because sometimes, I mean, honestly, sometimes they'll split the reps evenly until the very end. Okay. And so we don't really know who it's going to be until we're told. Um, and sometimes that's not till Friday. So does it, does it change for you at all as a center? Cause you, you're obviously, I'm sure you talk to the quarterbacks, like where do you want this snap to hit? Or do you, do you essentially just say, do, do the same thing regardless of who's be under center? Same thing, really, especially since we run so much shotgun. Okay. That it really doesn't make that big of a difference. If we, if we were a team that was primarily under center, I think it would be a little bit different just because kind of the mechanics of that and where the quarterback puts their hands, where I snap the ball to, everyone's a little bit different. Um, and so I think it would make a little bit of a bigger difference if we did that. But since we're a shotgun team, it really doesn't make that big of a difference. All right, so you guys head to Oklahoma State this week. You're headed to Stillwater, Oklahoma. What do you know about the Cowboys, and what do you hope to learn, I guess, at the same time? I mean, I don't know much about the area mm-hmm. just because I've never been there. I've had friends who have played there, and then obviously Caleb came from there. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of what we know about the team has come from, you know, what Caleb's told us about it and what Oklahoma State was like and then obviously what – uh, we've seen on tape, and so excited to go play them. A lot of respect for them. They've won some big games and beat some good teams, and you know they they want a chance to you know compete in a conference title if a few other things happen, and we want a chance to play in a bowl game. So a lot to play for on both sides of the ball. So it's going to be exciting. Now, obviously, this has been a big topic of conversation that you guys are chasing bowl eligibility, but on their side, they're chasing the Big 12 title game berth potentially, so there's a lot of motivation on both sides. I want to get your perspective on this. How important is it to you to go out and get that sixth win and be able to extend the season by another few weeks or so? Oh, it's huge. I mean, it's it's our last chance to do this. You know, if you don't win, your season ends, you know. It's 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 like the playoffs. Yeah, it's like a playoff vibe where it's it's win or go home, literally. And and so, <clears throat> you know, it's extremely important because regardless of what happens, you know this this is the last time this exact team will be together. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone you know from seniors and everyone's going to move on and move on with life or try to go to the league or do whatever, and the team's going to be different next year. Mm-hmm. And so it's our last chance for us as a family to play together. And you want to extend that for as long as possible, you know, outside of, you know, kind of how much fun the bowl weeks are and, you know, uh, getting to go to a cool place, play against maybe a team you don't traditionally play against. And, you know, you get your bowl gifts and all that stuff. All that stuff's fun. But, you know, none of that compares to the opportunity and the chance you get to play together one more time. Um, and so it's it's huge for us. It's 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 a do or die situation. Now you mentioned Caleb and his familiarity with Oklahoma State, having played there. Is his knowledge of the Cowboys more advantageous for BYU's defense and Coach Hill, or does it help you guys on offense as well? Um, I don't know. I think I think it probably helps us more just because the way he viewed Oklahoma State was from our side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And it was like, hey, I, I played against these guys in practice all the time. Like, this is what this guy likes to do, or they like to do this or this or this, you know. And I, and <clears throat> you know, so I don't, I don't know. I think it probably benefits us more 
for that reason, just because he's in the room every day and can add insights here and there as we're watching film and seeing things. And, um, you know, and so I'm I'm sure, I'm sure it would help coach Hill too, to, you know, maybe try to find a few tendencies in their offense or something, but you know, the style of offense they run with how fast they go and some of the things like that, that can be a little bit challenging. Um, but no, it's definitely a benefit on both sides. Do you, do you know uh, of Coach Gundy and his reputation at all? Does he have a because I know a lot of fans out there have this perception of him. He has the mullet and all this type of stuff. He's a pretty straight shooter. Do you, do you guys as players pay much attention to that? No, no, I don't know really much about the guy at all. To be honest with you. Okay, well, he's a he's an interesting cat. Let's just put it that way. Like, grew a mullet just because he wanted to, and so <laughs> he's a he's a Oklahoma State alum. Like, he has been there forever, and he is he is a unique <sighs> unique character. And I think in all of the coaching fraternity, honestly, it's so uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, have you have you ever? I'm sure you've seen a game of Oklahoma State where they're hitting those paddles on the on those pads. Have you seen that? No. Oh. So, so they're they're fans on the sidelines. You're going to see this. It's kind of interesting the way they make noise. Oh, oh, the fans. Yeah, the sorry. Fans. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay, yes, I have seen that. Okay, I have seen that. It's kind of the same thing with like, like Les Lavelle Edwards Stadium, where fans yeah, but, are pounding their yeah, pounding their feet on the on the aluminum and obviously making it rattle. By the way, did you hear some of the comments from Oklahoma fans and Oklahoma players saying it's maybe the loudest environment, the most raucous environment they played in this past week? I, I did hear. I mean. <laughs> We've been trying to tell people that, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, and 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 you know, and <clears throat> you know, Les Les gets up for the big games, especially, you know, where it's like sometimes you know some of the other games, you know, they haven't been as loud, but they always they always show out for the big games, you know, and so um, there was there was a couple times, especially once you get that first like false start penalty, when it's like okay, they're having some struggles communicating. And the fans kind of get excited because they just had a direct effect on the game, which is something as a fan you don't get very often. Uh, you get to know that you made a direct impact right there. <laughs> and so then they get even more loud and they get freaking fired up. And so there was a stretch there where it was so loud and Oklahoma was having a hard time communicating at the line of scrimmage. And and I know that firsthand, that freaking sucks. When you have to scream in the person's ear next to you just to communicate three words, yeah. right? And then they have to turn and scream it, and it just makes everything more complicated. So the fans really showed out for us this week. It was awesome. So it's the ultimate game of telephone is what you're telling us. It really is. The only time the only time that it's ever really been a challenge was at Austin Stadium. Okay, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> last season when we played Oregon and thankfully we didn't have any snap issues. I could hear the clap pretty c- clearly, but that stadium is so jam packed. Everyone is so close to you that it gets, it gets really loud. And so if Jaron wanted to make a check at the line of scrimmage or I was switching a protection or a call, I would like, I was so hoarse after that game because I literally had to turn this direction and scream at the top of my lungs turn that direction, scream. And it does, it does, it really makes things harder. And so, you know, I think, I think sometimes the fans don't realize how big of an impact they can have on the game in that way. And, you know, like it's, it's really important that you're really loud from the second they get into the huddle until the second the play starts. Cause the more you can disrupt that communication, 
through all 25 seconds of the play clock running down, the better chance you are that they're going to screw something up. And the fans may not even realize it, but there might have been a wrong route run or something like that because they misheard because it was so loud. So they can really have a huge impact on the game. All right, so did the Oklahoma player actually clap and get you to to false start on that? Yes, he did. You can watch it on film. It was number two, the safety. He was running across the field, and he went like this, and I snapped the ball. So that was, you know, it seems like the officiating crews get worse every week. Um, (laughs) And, you know, they're they're on us all the time about doing our job, but the second we have to, we say anything about their job, they throw a flag on us because they get butt hurt and they don't have a very thick skin. So, yeah, I can go on a long rant about officiating, um, but uh, <clears throat> they did clap and we tried to tell the officials that, but they didn't seem to care. So, and and as we've learned, as the we're, we're the newbies in this conference, we're not going to get any calls. You know, we're not going to be like the Texases of the world or something where the referees just baby you the entire way. And, you know, give 15-yard penalties when you trash talk them and the conference finds the school if you put their logo up the wrong way with your hands. True story. You know, we're not going to get that kind of treatment. (laughs) You know, and so, and that's okay. And that's okay. You know, that that didn't, uh, that wasn't the difference in the game. You know, obviously it, it, uh, it hurt us on that drive, and I, I felt sick about those couple plays afterwards just because it, it was a chance to go down and take the lead. And, you know, that, that ended up stifling the drive a little bit, which was which was frustrating. I was pissed at myself um, about that. But, you know, because sometimes on defenses, the verbal stuff, even though they may simulate your cadence, mm-hmm. the verbal stuff's a lot harder for the officials to determine whether or not they were really – um, simulating their cadence, that one's harder. But a clap, that is blatantly against the rules, and it's clear. So that one I didn't understand, and I had some choice words for them. I hope they didn't put me on the jumbotron or anything like that, because then I'm going to get be getting a phone call from President Reese about my representation of the university. So, um, no, I think, and it's stupid that refs don't have to face the media. Well. That's that's an ongoing debate in sports media circles in our own right in terms of being able to ask them questions. They have they have pool reports as they say in like the NBA and whatnot where one designated reporter can submit written questions to the referee and they can choose whether or not they're going to respond. So, which is stupid. It it it, it seems it's pretty, like we have to we have yeah. to go sit up on a stage uh-huh. after the game, win or loss, yeah. whether we did a good job or a bad job. And we have to be accountable for our job performance mm-hmm. to the world. Yeah. But the officials get to run, can completely change a game, mm-hmm. completely change the outcome of a game, and they get to run right off to the corner, and no one hears from them ever again. <laughs> the power complex you have to have, the God complex you have to have to want to become an official is insane. Uh, yeah, you're, you're not kidding because you put up with a lot, but obviously at the same time you do have a lot of control in, in the outcome. It feels like a games, but yeah. n- n- nonetheless, uh, I've got one other question I want to ask you about Oklahoma State, but we'll get to that here in sure. just a moment. Need to get a, a quick word in on our friends over at uh, our good friends over at LinkedIn. Now, LinkedIn's been working with us for quite a while now. The best part is they are one of our recruiting uh, sponsors here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So recruiting season just about to heat up, so get ready. Uh, we'll be talking a lot about LinkedIn in days to come, but of course, these days, 
these days, every new potential hire you're trying to make can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates, and that's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team. More importantly, they do it faster and for free. You can go and set up a job posting on LinkedIn right now and then add that job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. It's simple as that. They feature tools like screening questions, making it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And ultimately, it's why small businesses are rating LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So get on it today. LinkedIn jobs help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college and post a job for free. Once again, terms and conditions apply. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Quick reminder for you guys, uh, if you have not done so, please check out the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's called Locked On Sports Today. It is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, plus national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel right now. It's a really, really cool new feature and excited to have that as part of of the network. All right. Uh, final stanza here with BYU team captain Connor Pay. And uh, Connor, I, I just wanted to ask you this. Obviously, you guys had a better performance against Oklahoma than you'd had against Iowa State and West Virginia the two games previous to that. What is your confidence level if you guys perform like you did against Oklahoma on the road against Oklahoma State this week, albeit uh, don't turn the ball over uh, like you did against Oklahoma? What is your confidence level you guys can go on the road and spring an upset? Well, I think that's the key right there is the turnovers. You know, because if we limit those turnovers, we win that game mm-hmm. against Oklahoma. And uh, and if we can come out that and perform that way as an offense and not give the ball away and our defense can go out and perform the way they did, because, you know, this Oklahoma scored 31 points. Seven of those were from us. Mm-hmm. And two of the other touchdowns were because we gave them really short fields. Mm-hmm. You know, so our defense played really well against one of the top offenses in the entire country. And so if they can go out and play like that again and we can go out and take care of the football and move the ball down the field the way we did, I have a lot of confidence that we can go in and win that game and and go bowling. Well, we'll obviously be watching that, but I also want to talk to you a little bit. We usually have fun in this final part of the podcast, but I want to talk to you a little bit about Thanksgiving, obviously. (laughs) Let's have fun. One of the big holidays. Uh, This screams to me like Connor Pay's favorite holiday on the entire calendar. Am I wrong? You're wrong. Okay. What, what? Christmas. Oh, Christmas is number one. Okay. but I love Christmas. Okay. Well, I, see, I'm I'm with you. Christmas is number because one. Because I, hey, okay. I love Jesus, not the gifts. Because I love Jesus. Look at why. you go. Look at you brown nosing. I like this. This is good. <laughs> All, no, I was going to say some of that. I think that may come off really sacrilegious. <laughs> it's okay. I'll, I will kiss up to God all day long. As yes. as we all should. Let's be very, very <laughs> frank about that. But uh, Thanksgiving, I guess I should say this. It seems like more of like, it seems like it's a lineman's dream because it's a day that you're eating quite a bit of food and nobody is going to judge you for it. Now, I know that you guys eat a, quite a bit of food just in your everyday life to maintain the body weight that you guys have to maintain as offensive linemen. But does Thanksgiving, does it fit right in with that whole ethos as an offensive lineman? Oh, man, the amount of times I've heard this this week. It's like, oh, hey, look, we have a concentrated group of fat asses. <laughs> Thanksgiving must be their favorite holiday of the year. I'm sure they have all these awesome opinions about Thanksgiving. And they eat so much food. Like, look, we're normal human beings, too, all right? Yes, you, you know? have feelings. We get it. <laughs> I'm just teasing. 
but no, I mean, Thanksgiving's really fun, you know, and I think, I mean, find someone who doesn't eat a lot on Thanksgiving. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that can be, you know, strictly given to the offensive linemen, mm-hmm. although I'm sure we do appreciate it. Not so much in the sense that we get to eat a lot of food, yeah, but that we're no different than anybody else on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Everyone else is eating just as much as we are, so we don't have to feel bad about it. Yeah, the problem is the rest of us have to you know go work work it off because we'll, we'll just we'll just add pounds to our frame. Where whereas you guys, you just kind of <sighs> melt away. It feels like in many respects. Yeah, it's true. It's <laughs> uh, true that how hard it is to keep your weight on during the season is not something that's talked about often. It's very difficult. Oh, I actually. So this is an interesting question. I, we had this conversation. I was actually going to the media course. Some of the guys who cover the team, like I do, uh, we having a discussion. Yeah. For, so, for you as an offensive lineman, do you have like a set calorie the uh, amount that you you have to consume daily to maintain your weight, or do they even monitor yeah. that? Okay. So they, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I, I'm a lot more strict on it in the off season. Okay. Just because. During the season, it's kind of just you have to keep the weight on at all costs. Got it. You know what I mean? And so, and, you know, with with school and my scheduling and all that, sometimes the meals come at weird times or in the off season, I can kind of regiment it a little better. Mm-hmm. But for me and my body and kind of what I've worked out with the nutritionist is if I want to maintain my weight during the season – I have to cross the 6,500 mark. If I, if I drop, if I drop below 6,000 calories a day, my weight will start to go like this. Um, and if I want to, if I want to, if I need to gain a few pounds, we'll bump it up to more like 7,500. And so I think because, you know, we do a lot of hydration testing too, where sure. it's, I've had practices where I'll go into that practice weighing 312 uh-huh. and I'll come back in from practice weighing 305. Okay. So you sweat out you seven know? pounds. Yeah. And so, and so a lot of that weight, a lot of that weight is water too. But, um, you know, if you want to maintain your body weight, cause water will come and go really quickly. Yeah. But if you want to consistently maintain your weight, then I kind of have to hit somewhere around those numbers for me. 6,500 calories. What does that entail? What do you, what can you eat in a day that has got 6,500 calories in it? A lot of stuff. Fair enough. A lot of stuff. It's, you know, it's the random, it's the random proteins every couple hours. You know, I have, I have breakfast, then I have a snack, then I have lunch, then I have a snack, then I practice, then I eat dinner, then I have a snack, then I eat dinner again at like 930. You know, and so it's, and, and those snacks are like two chicken breasts and three cups of rice, you know? And so it's like, that's what a snack is. And so that's honestly, honest truth for me. That's the worst part about playing football for me is how much you have to eat because I'm just not as, as, (laughs) as ironic as it is. I'm not a huge eater Okay. in terms of like, I don't like giant portions, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's something I have to like, I'm almost eating myself almost sick every day just to, just to maintain my weight. Cause I'll just lose too much. Okay. You know? And so that's, that's easily the hardest part for me about football is, uh, is just having to eat like that every day. It sucks. Okay, who? Uh, so I, I want to get your your Thanksgiving uh, preferences. We'll get to that here momentarily, but quickly, uh, who who is the biggest appetite on the team from your perspective? Who eats the most? 
Oh, man. Nice Lamaje's got to be in there. Okay. Ironically, Tyler Little. What? <laughs> Tyler Little's in there. That dude has the, whenever we have a team meal at the hotel here or anywhere, he has that plate stacked to the brim. Okay. And he just spends like 30 minutes just munching on it. And then the dude just gets jacked. He doesn't even like really gain any weight. And I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Like, how does your body work like that? The man eats so much food. Ask anyone who's been to the hotel with him at a game or sat by him okay. at Legends or something. He'll just have this mountain of food on this plate in front of him. All right. So, uh, okay, Tyler Little and Nisa. All right, I'll have to I'll have to follow up on that with some other people and see if we can see if we can f- confirm that via hashtag sources or, or, or some such. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, Connor, when it comes to your Thanksgiving plate, uh, what is on it? Uh, what what what? I guess what's your first course? Are you are you stuffing as much as you can on there, or do you have a, a set plan for how you attack things? Not really. I mean. I do love, like, Thanksgiving rolls. Okay. So I'll, like, go lighter on the turkey so I can have more rolls. Because, I mean, and we got to be honest with ourselves. Turkey is such a mediocre meat. Bingo. Like, it really is. It really is. And so it's like, oh, yeah, everybody does it on Thanksgiving. But it's like it's not even in my top five, you know. And so it's like it's dry. You can put gravy or something on it or have good stuffing with it to kind of spice it up. But it's like I'm not excited for the turkey, you know. Like, the rolls are really good. They usually have sides of other kinds of meat in my house, and so I'm excited about those. And then the d- desserts for me, though, pie and ice cream, that's where I make my money on Thanksgiving. What, what kind of pie or pies do you do you opt for? I would say apple pie mm-hmm. or pineapple cream pie. Oh, wait, was it pies? Pineapple cream pie? I don't think I've ever heard of a pineapple cream, but I'm very intrigued no, by that. No, that's not what it was. Um, banana cream, key lime. I don't know. No, I can't remember the name of the pie. Okay. Well, hey. This is embarrassing. Well, here, um, I, I, well, while you think about it, I can just tell you this. At the Hatch household, if we had it our way, now we obviously spend time with with extended family and everything with both my wife yeah. and I's family here. Uh, if my wife and I had it our way, we'd be ham on Thanksgiving. That's it. We don't, we turkey Turkey ain't it at the Hatch household. Yeah, no, no. And anyone anyone who says otherwise is kidding themselves. They're just doing it for the sake of tradition, not because they actually love turkey. Oh, is it coconut cream pie? Yes. Coconut cream. Okay, good choice. That's a solid choice right there. All right. I don't, what did I say? You said, said pina- pina- pineapple, pineapple cream. Pineapple. And I'm intrigued if somebody could make a pineapple cream pie. That sounds absolutely incredible. No, it was coconut. It was coconut. Okay. That's what it was. Coconut cream is a good I choice. I, I don't know why I said pineapple. Now, my favorite pie is a little bit off the beaten track. I don't know how many people have actually had it, but I am a sour cream lemon guy. That's that. that, oh, that, okay. that nice. Is, that is my pie du jour. But if it's number two, it's either apple or pumpkin, one of those two. So Nice. All right. Uh, yeah. la- last thing for me, Connor. What is the, like, is there anything outside of turkey that's, like, just a no-go on your plate? Because I can tell you, green bean casserole, it gets nowhere <laughs> near my plate. That's, I'm, I'm right there with you. Okay. Anything that has the color or the word green in it <laughs> is not going anywhere near my plate. <laughs> not a salad guy. Nowhere I take near. it. No, I don't think I've had a salad in probably five plus years. Oh, maybe, maybe on my mission as like a courtesy, cause like, you don't, you don't say no, you know, yeah. someone's offering you food. So I'm sure I had it on my mission, but before that, it's probably been a decade outside of my mission since I've had a salad. If I want to leaf, I can go pull one off a tree outside. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't need someone to put it in a container and make it look all fancy. You just put sauce on it and shake it up anyways. Like, what's the point of a salad? Nothing. Well, when you get as old as I do, salads start to become part of the repertoire. So I think it's I maybe just a it's an old person thing, Connor, I guess is the easiest way to say it. I will, when I get old, I will find a way <laughs> to lift or exercise to the point where I never have to eat salad. Well, you and I, 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 we're way over time here. Have you heard the Al Michaels thing that he has never knowingly eaten a vegetable in his life and he's 74 years old? And I'm sure he's in great health. Al Michaels is that legend. He calls uh, Thursday Night Football now for Amazon. He's done it for Monday Night Football. He's on Super Bowls. He's got the the was it the Miracle uh, on Ice. He he called that in the 1980 class. Uh, Lake and Classic. he looks great. And yeah, he's doing his thing. So you know, absolute myth that you need to eat freaking green stuff and vegetables to live for a long time. <laughs> my my dad has been an attorney in the supplement world uh-huh. his entire career, and so he's going to be pissed off that I said that, but. I don't believe it. I just don't. I just don't. All right. So, Connor, I want to finish this off. Obviously, uh, this time of year, we're, it's all about gratitude and everything. Uh, I'm going to give you one message. So we, we're, not, we're skipping hate mail this week. We'll maybe get back to that at some point here. <laughs> uh, but this is like a person that wanted to pass along uh, the, their, the, 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 their, their words to you. So this comes from John, a listener. He actually DM me on Twitter. He says, hey, Jake, will you let Connor know that he is the man? I have loved him at BYU, and I am so excited for your future no matter what is what it is, whether you're coming back next year potentially or moving on with life. So, uh, so there you go, Connor, people, people are loving you up a little bit. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I likewise, likewise, you know, I'm grateful for every, every fan, whether they love us or hate us, you know, if they, if you tune in to watch or you come to the games, we're grateful that you did. So, all right. Well, we will wish you the, uh, nothing but the best of luck this week at Oklahoma State. Obviously, enjoy Thanksgiving, and uh, we will Thank re- you. we will reconvene next week and recap whatever happens, whether the season might be over or if you guys have punched your ticket to a bowl game. We'll break it all down next week. All right. Okay. Thank you, man. It's been a lot of fun. All right, there you go. That is Connor Pay. I'm Jay Catch. A big thank you once again to all of you for your support of the podcast. As always, do want to wish you once again a very happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy some time with your family and friends. Eat a bunch of pie, as Connor said. Maybe pack uh, pack in seven thousand calories. But have fun all the same. We will take tomorrow off from the podcast, but we'll be back on Friday with a full preview, getting you ready for BYU and Oklahoma State, and a one-on-one conversation with BYU defensive tackle Jackson Cravens. Had a great chance to catch up with him earlier this week at practice. So stay tuned for all that. But once again, happy Thanksgiving to you all. Uh, God bless you and have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast. See you.